0: It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher.
1: Good evening. Welcome to Alexandra and Friends 660, the answer. Thank you so much for joining our show every Saturday night from 10 to 11, listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast, Alexandra and Friends 660, and go to our website, alexandraandfriends.com. And our Facebook, Friends 660 We really appreciate your uh, attendance to our shows because that's what makes us so strong. This evening, uh, we have an amazing show. We have a wonderful guest that we'll be introducing in a few minutes. But in the meantime, um, I want to welcome my co-host, Billy Tatum from Structure Foundation. Hi, Billy. How are you tonight? Good to see
2: you again. Sorry about last week.
1: Well, um My producer said that you were one of those people, probably that just didn't show up any anytime, but just when you were called. I mean listen,
2: <laughs> I have a scheduler, and I'm not control of my own schedule so um.
1: well let's let's take a moment and uh go to listen to our wonderful young children that are saluting our flag this evening, so let's hear them do our pledge of allegiance. I,
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America. America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Well, Billy, what brings us this evening to a very difficult week?
2: Um, for me, it's been staying or, you know, just reading the news about Afghanistan. So that's that's what a tragic difficult.
1: situation. Um, yeah. I think for me as a military family, just to see all this uh, unfold without any direction or without any... Um, uh, it's like when you invite a guest to your house and then you serve dinner and nobody shows up to the table because they went out the door without telling you. Uh, I think it's very, very difficult. Also, yeah. the situation in Haiti, the Haiti oh, situation yeah. is absolutely terrible. Uh, as of this morning, when I was watching the news, it it just was unfolding more and more deaths and, and difficult uh, way to rescue this this people. So here we have two crises on each side of the world. And what do we do about it? Well, how do we expand ourselves to do all this? Uh, it's 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 very difficult because we are in a turmoil. It seems like everywhere within our world we're in a turmoil. In Israel, we're having situations, and and that to me is one of the most, of course, difficult times because that is the love of my world. But the death toll this morning under earthquake is over two thousand people in Haiti, and uh, in years it's just uh, worsens. The urban collapse; the buildings are just falling apart. So, um, Billy, what do you think about the situation? What do you think is next in in uh, in um, in Afghanistan?
2: I I don't know. I'm, I'm like you. I don't like the chaos of it. Um, I th- I think someone else might step in. Then I hope to help. Um, but also, a lot of things come from from conflict. You know, a lot of good changes come from conflict. So, uh, and I would never say it's it's a valid reason for any suffering, but hopefully there will be a revolution and some, some peace and and hopefully a compromise one day, but we just don't know.
1: Well, I just feel for 20 years we used, a lot of our men and women lost their yes their lives there. And now and, they're all gone. And now they're all gone and, and also helped a lot of the people there to become these, at least, a life to be I, able to go I to ed- school the, and all these wonderful things i think things.
2: the images of all the people on the plane you know overpacked planes and trying to hang onto a plane while it takes off says a lot about how much they wanted us to be there well um,
1: terrorism is the most horrible thing just as communism and uh, this is unacceptable and uh, you know it's just there's no leadership uh, it looks like the problem we're having is lack of leadership in our country even in the in, in Dallas County, did you read the, the article of the uh, these prisoners being released because they lost the city uh, the um, city lost the documents of the um, of the criminals or yes. the people that were supposed to be in jail and what happens nobody knew about it because they didn't feel like they should re- yeah. they should tell anybody. Well, that affects, that's lack of leadership.
2: It's hard to trust justice when technicalities when are When technicalities such a thing. are, yeah.
1: and, and what bothers me is the uh, city manager didn't feel that it was important to let the mayor or the city council or the, gov- or the local Dallas people, because here is, now all these people are, are released, and what happens? There's no justice, and that's where we're going is it, lack of justice, lack of leadership, and everybody should have known the leadership was very weak when we went into this 2020. 2021 um, chaos that we're we're dealing with but neither here or there we have an amazing guest this morning and i'm looking forward to uh, spending a little bit of time with him this evening and billy what uh what happened to your week this week any amazing things happening
2: <laughs> you know we we're at work things pick up in the summertime doing what i do so that's been a blessing um
1: what do you do billy
2: I fix foundations.
1: And who are you with?
2: <laughs> Structured Foundation Repair.
1: And how do they get hold of you?
2: <laughs> well, you can call our office if you need to set up an evaluation at 972-484-1200. And, of course, ask for me. Um, you can email me at b t a t u m b tatum at structuredfoundation.com. But in the summertime, you know, the ground shrinks and your house settles down. That's when you're going to find it in its worst seasonal position and usually shows most of its damages at that point. Um, but the rains don't help me. They help everyone else. So um, feel blessed about the rains we're getting right now. That might stave off the problem for another year or two. And uh, if you do have a problem or think you have a problem, just give me a call.
1: Well, on the my real estate side of the world here, as being a, since I am a realtor, let me talk to you a little bit about it. It has slowed down a little bit. You're not having all this. I haven't seen this week uh, the, the standing lines of 10, 15, 20 people on a door trying to put an offer, but it is slowing down a little bit, and you're starting to see some of the properties starting to go back when it, back to the market because they're either um, not uh, being able to qualify or the, or the, more, the uh, appraisals. And that's one thing that's happening. Appraisals are coming lower, lower than what the properties are being sold. So it's really hurting the, the, um, the, the uh, cycle of the real estate. But real estate is starting to slow a little bit, and we're starting to see a little bit of uh, foreclosures out there in the field, and a lot of auctions. So if you're looking for something amazing, look at the auctions, especially if you're in the in the commercial real estate. There's a lot of wonderful pieces of property that are being auctioned daily. So real estate is is a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot, and um, I hope that if you have any desire to go into real estate, there's great possibilities of being a a appraiser, being a, a an inspector, those are wonderful positions. Or or getting your license for real estate. I want to talk to you a little bit about the title business also. Miller Title is our sponsor, and I'd like to tell you a little bit. They've been very very busy because of the amount of homes that are being financed, and also because they do so much so so much other work. But title business is an amazing business. If you are looking to become a title escrow officer. Take a look at that. That's an amazing, uh, amazing type of business. One of the other things that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about is my co-host V and Courtney are uh, not here today. They're, they're doing other things in their life, which their business is taking them. Courtney will be back next week. So we'll looking forward to enjoy her very much. I want to thank our producer, Michael Clark for being here and assistance with uh, with the show.
2: Thank you, Mike.
1: Yes, Mike. Um, uh, so what there's another issue that I'd like to bring today is education. And we have an amazing guest uh, today that we're going to be bringing on board and he's going to spend the next uh, few minutes or the next 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is with us talking all about what education is all about for him and what we need to expect of our young people in today's world. So on our next segment, you're going to be listening to an amazing gentleman by the name of Timothy. Is I He's a principal of early college, high school, and if you have a moment, just jump into the, uh, into your computer and pull this organization. It is amazing. I, uh, I cannot believe what, how wonderful it is when you pay attention to your students, how you can change the world. Yes, Mr. Hinojosa, I'm saying that to you. Dallas Independent School District needs a situation just like this one because our children are just not getting the proper education. I like you, Mr. Nohosa, very much. I've known you for a long time. So anyway, call me if you want to be on our show. We'll be happy to have you. So that's how I feel this evening. I, uh, it's just a very difficult week, and I just feel yeah. like leadership in our schools, in our country, and in our homes sometimes we're lacking. So having said all that, um, I went to, um, Billy, what do you think? Am I being a little hard tonight? No,
2: it's it's difficult with the kind of contrary attitude everyone has these days and, and the polarization of everything. It's, it just makes life stressful. And, you know, you, I see cause I looked it up once about anxiety and now all I see is all these anxious people all the time and it's just overwhelming. You know, it, it would be nice to have some peace,
1: but. Well, we're back to a lot of people having to use masks because again, we, yeah. ha- we didn't have enough information about this disease. Mine yes, in
2: public more. Uh, yeah, but we have to fight it, on.
1: Billy. But we got to fight it. We got to fight it. You know, we have to fight all these issues. Uh, you got to be. You got to take care of yourself. You got to get your vitamins. You got vitamin yeah. C, vitamin D. Uh, take all the all the initiative of taking care of yourself. If you're a drug taker, stop your drugs. Try and get your physical health
2: going. Yeah.
1: because we cannot live our lives with
2: masks no we can't agree but if that's one way to stop things then i'm okay with that you know i don't i don't see things i guess the way some a lot of people do on polarizing in one direction or the other i'm not leaning hard in either of those i'm just trying to get by you know i've got kids going to college Uh, i got a daughter moving to sfa on friday so i'm doing that and you know they, they require a mask i'm gonna wear it you know, I just, I just want things to go smoothly and be over one day. I just so. love
1: Billy's idea. You know, he just <laughs> like, I'm so glad that we are two different worlds. One, his world yeah. and mine is my world. Because, well, you know,
2: I, I got vaccinated and some of my friends took that as an attack and it's not, I'm not attacking anyone by getting a vaccination. It's, it's what I wanted to do. And if I have one and you don't, that's fine. We'll be friends still. You well, know? I'm waiting
1: for the booster because I'm yeah. going to take the booster and I want to tell you, I don't like masks. And I don't, I'd like to fight everything on my own. I worry if I have to, but yeah. you're going to have to force me. Oh, I but I feel to. freedom to me is the most important part of my world. Yeah. And uh, I wanted. I just feel very uh, strong about that. And I so feel strong
2: that people should make their own choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Freedom,
1: freedom, freedom. And and, and I, I feel like
2: I've made mine and it helps me and it makes me feel better and that's, it protects me. that's, and
1: a, that's important. That's Billy. It's about yeah. you. I was reading Courtney's last night. <laughs> she wanted to know. What was it going to happen if she had to travel? Because she does, she she had, she had the disease or whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, the virus, and she feels protected. So, what's going to happen to those people that had the 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 virus and did not have the vaccine, and they don't have a passport? What are they going to do? How are they going to travel? How are they going to come over to your house to eat dinner, Billy? When you require that vaccine passport when they walk in your door?
2: Yeah. Well, I am not going to speculate a whole lot on those things. I I see it's, you know, it's hard to read things on the internet anymore and believe it wholeheartedly. And, and for my friends that are diehard thinking that this is a violation of their rights. Well, I haven't really seen that play out yet and I'm just waiting to see how it affects me first and then I'll take a stance. But right now carrying a card around doesn't seem like such a bad idea. If there's a virus that's more infectious And I will tell you this, uh, my family down in East Texas got hit with it pretty hard. A lot of friends and family just now in the last month have been infected prior to that in 2020 when none of them got infected. And I didn't take it as serious back then. So now I'm starting to think, "Ah." and it's just flu-like symptoms for the most part, which also isn't alarming to me, but also I don't want to get the flu. I don't want to be sick and I don't want to miss work. I love my job. So that's why I stand the way I do on this stuff
1: yeah Billy you cannot miss coming to work to be here okay exactly I gotta show up for this <laughs> all right this all is right. Alexander Friends 660 the answer please listen to our show on any of your social media Subsc- subscribe to our podcast Alexander Friends 660 my co-host this evening is Mr Billy Tatum with structure foundation he's learning how to talk in the radio and it is not <laughs> easy he talks all the time in the real estate world but uh. you know just just take advantage of him in the next few days and send us your remarks on on our website and on Facebook and tell us what you think about him.
2: Well, I so, like the talk, but the mask stops it from the facial expressions, too. So there's oh, another problem. Billy,
1: I just want to tell you, you look very nice. You took all your, uh, you took your beard or yeah. whatever the, that consistency was off. I even, my producer was kind of a, thought I you saw, looked very clean today. I almost today. didn't
2: get in the building, everyone. <laughs> yeah. My That's wife what doesn't happened. like the beard. So I was like, all right, it's been two years. I'll cut it off.
1: So, your, are your kiddos back in school? Yes. When did they start? Monday. Monday? No, mm-hmm. uh, You have a college child, right?
2: I have one starting, well, she moves into SFA on Friday. What's
1: SFL? Please, for Stephen those that don't M. know.
2: Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches, Texas. Very That's good. That's also where I went. So, I went to her, I went there for orientation and had a blast. You know. Wow. When I took her in. And I have no worries, you know, about that school. I think they do things very well, so...
1: Well, so let me bring our wonderful yes. guest tonight, Mr. Timothy Isley. 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 I have to pronounce that I. Yes. I want to introduce you. Mr. Isley, thank you so much for being here this evening. This is a wonderful, wonderful honor for you to be part of our show this evening. We love the journeys of all our um, guests that come because every every Saturday night we have an amazing journey that we travel with our guests. So please introduce yourself and tell us who you are and and why did you come visit with us tonight?
0: Well, thank you. I am currently the principal at Early College High School, which is one of five high schools in the Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District. And we are nestled, actually situated right on the Dallas College Brookhaven campus with, uh, with a small building uh, and access to all of the facilities uh, the 342 students, the uh, 21 staff members um, actually uh, are, are very, uh, are, cent- are, are located on the north side of the campus and we've been there uh, in, in business for about 15 years. Uh, we were established as part of the original 15 early college high school model schools in the state of Texas. So um, one of the most coolest things that that happened recently is the graduating class of 2011 came back last Friday for a reunion, mm-hmm. and that is the first time we have ever had a reunion. Yeah, not that it, it couldn't have happened with the class of 210, but that was a 10 year reunion, and there were 18 students that came back, there were 54 that graduated, and it was quite a celebration. People really liked it, wow. they noticed the change, they all had. Fascinating uh, young start careers, a lot of business careers with banking and uh, Texas instruments. And it just was a celebration of sorts to say these young people, which were there before I was there, mm-hmm. actually went through a program and are um, uh, immersed in their communities. They are earning a wage, they have families. Um, and they're excelling was, and they succeeding and, and, and did
2: uh, they get to meet and mingle with your current students?
0: No. However, um, in January we have a period of time where we're going to invite alums back for Great Q and A's for career days for, you know, I could see the benefit of that. Yeah.
2: Wow. You might, you might have to get some recruiters out of that. Maybe you can create another position even <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what, it, that's what it would take. Yeah. It would, would take help. a full person to Bring those alums back, and um, it just is. A, it was a great celebration, and we were able to pipe in through Zoom teachers that either were on vacation or had left, but were still connected to that class.
2: Did you have teachers that were still around that knew yes. some of those? That's awesome. Yeah, well, that that's one wonderful. thing I love about my reunions is meeting old teachers that were still there. So, so is this school um, a high school in itself, and the or is it a supplement to a high school?
0: No, this model is called a standalone. Okay. So we we have grades 9, 10, 11, and 12. Uh, We pull from all the six different middle schools in the uh, school district, and then due to some just flexible attendance lines or boundaries, we pull a lot of kids from outside the district uh, as well. And so
2: this is like an elective or an alternate high school. Instead of stepping from that middle school to the high school they're assigned uh, by geographic. They can elect to go to your high school instead to possibly graduate high school with, with a diploma like a, right. or a, a college degree or associate's right. degree. Okay. A
0: two-year associate's of science, which is mainly what the, our students earn, um, or an associate's of art. So they get this college degree at the same time they get their high school degrees. So wow. they're, awesome. they're cramming six years of schooling into four.
2: I think it's great wow. to have that option. My daughter also took a lot of college before she finished high school and will have her associate's degree at the end of her first semester.
0: Right. At, wow, what an amazing. So
2: I I see the benefit of that.
0: And I suspect that didn't cost you as a family anything. No, it? no, Because it no, was dual credit, it was, part of the school district's yes. memorandum of understanding or interlocal agreement, just like it is with our students. It you know, I didn't cost even think of salary. that,
2: actually. Mm-hmm. So. Thank well, you, and now I wonderful. appreciate it even more. I didn't think of that saving me money. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Mr. Ashley, tell us a little bit about you, your your career, your education. I've been reading all about you, and it's so amazing. Um, I understand you're also uh, are a wrestler.
0: Well, so back tell in me high school, yeah, this is my 36th year in education. I've taught at uh, elementary, middle, and social st- uh, uh, secondary school. I've served as a assistant principals, associate principals at secondary schools. Um, the, uh, my locations have been inner city, uh, they've been rural, uh, suburban, and international. So it's uh, been a blessing for me to be in all these different locations. Uh, but bottom line, uh, kids are great, and it's fun to be with them and to watch them Kind of to grow and to uh, have those aha moments when confusions around academic content are uh, resolved and kids become, uh, you know, emotionally strong and and happier. And so it's it's definitely a calling for me. It always has been, and uh, you know, I continue to to love uh, my. My job, this job at early college high school is so much different than a comprehensive high school. Comprehensive high school is one of those big high schools that have lots of different programs. We're small. Uh, and uh, the fact that you know a student's faces, their names, their personal story, their family story, and their academic pathway puts a lot of power, transformative power uh, for our students. And uh, the unique thing about our students is they they are not considered by any means the top 10 in any high school. However, they're the hardest working, highest achieving, kindest, and most service oriented students I've ever been with. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, I see that in 1990, you also um, joined the the United States Peace Corps. So tell us a little bit about that. I think it's so exciting. For two years, you were you were um, traveling with the Peace Corps. Is that correct?
0: Right. My primary assignment was to teach math in a a country called the Republic of Vanuatu. And it used to be uh, when we were in school called the new Hebrides. Uh, they got their independence in 1980 from the, the English and the French, uh, because it was a dual kind of Mm -hmm. uh, dual condominium type structure. Um, and, uh, we decided, uh, well, I went there. Uh, I met my wife. She was my next door neighbor.
1: Uh, wow. So I went
0: halfway around the world uh, to meet the girl next door. <laughs> and uh, we often ta- tell the story that this is the island where James, island group where James Michener wrote the Tales of the South Pacific. Wow. Oh, nice. And we could yeah. look out of our little shack and we could see the mythical Bally High
2: yeah and wow. so that's funny i was in that musical when i was in high school there you go yeah for the city a little community theater so
0: that so was what wife, got my
2: first interest as a matter of fact when i read that about you that was the paragraph i read twice because i wanted to ask but then alexandra asked so yeah tell us a little more about yes, that so you please. met her there
0: well i consider you know i'm the i'm emile de beck and my wife is mitzi gainer mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> we get we get going and Anyways, Song she did, she was the first <laughs> uh, volunteer in that country, um, and I came in group two. And we came back together, um, back to Dallas, and, but her primary assignment was teaching English. We, uh, sorry, science, and we team taught English. Uh, we did a variety of different secondary projects. Hers was public health, and mine was writing curriculum for the math, uh, for the national country's math department. And you taught rugby too? I did. Did that you play a, rugby? A lot of years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the city of Pittsburgh and then in Wittenberg University and Springfield, Ohio. So, I,
2: so, if I'm right, wrestling and rugby kind of go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, they kind
0: of do. Yeah. It, it helps <laughs> that I had that uh, lower center of gravity and the desire for physical contact. All right. As a wrestler. Okay. Rugby?
1: So, during your trips, your two year, um, st- the Peace Corps, what was the most gratifying thing for you? In, when, when you were in the Peace Corps, tell me. I always like to ask that because to me that was like serving in your military, but you served in the Peace Corps. What was the most gratifying?
0: Well, you became, you became self-reliant. Um, you became a stronger teammate. Essentially, you were in an environment where often, no matter what you did, you didn't know everything. The culture, the country, you were a guest, and it was a mystery. And we learned to respect that and to enjoy it as much as we could. It was just being able to survive in a location that was in the bush, uh, way out into the, uh, the jungle parts of uh, the island of Malakula, and uh, it was just a satisfying kind of, it was an adventure.
2: Something you have to approach with an
0: open mind. You have to. Yeah, because you do not know everything, mm-hmm. and um, there has to be a lot of uh, uh, patience and s- self discovery that there's limitations. So no regrets on that life experience. Oh no, no, we definitely want to go back. As Great a peace corps volunteer. Love hearing that. Yeah.
1: Wow. So you came back to Dallas directly from the peace Co- from your trip, and yeah. then and I see that you also um, received a fellowship award to study at the university of Michigan school of education in Ann Arbor, which is one of the n- best schools that are education there is. So you've liked uh, math. Is that what your background is?
0: Right. I'd started teaching math, um, at uh, in Springfield, Ohio, at Witten- after I graduated from Wittenberg university and, uh, the fellowship through the Peace Corps, uh, was, uh, it's a, it was basically a, a fellowship for Peace Corps return volunteers who are willing to work in inner city environments.
1: Wow. We have an amazing guest this evening, Mr. Timothy A. Isley, and he is talking about education and we love for you to listen to what he has to say, because this is good for your child. Thank you so much, Mr. Isley, for being here this evening with us. And thank you, um, Billy Tatum, for joining us this evening also as my yes, co-host.
2: Ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
1: So, Mr. Isley, tell us, I, there's a question I need to ask you. When you were in a... Um, when you were in in Vanuatu, ben- South Pacific, there was one, one comment that I wanted to find out. What was the uh, the two words you used? One was the uh, francophone and the other one was anglophone, junior secondary school students. Can you tell us a little bit what that means?
0: Sure. Part of the development of the country uh, was supported by the English and the French. Uh, other part of the development of the country was supported by the French and at our particular school we had half of the 350 students whose primary uh, European language was French and whose others was English and consequently during the daily instruction time students were taught mathematics eng- English in French uh, in other words they were dual language structures oh, okay. and um,
1: so they were English and French.
0: At the same campus, both students, both different language students. So the English were taught French and the French were taught English. Uh, but their primary language was also the instructional language, like math and science. Those were taught in their primary language. So my job was on the English side with mathematics. Okay.
2: And yeah. that's, and that was life there, right? Very much the, so. The community was also living in a manner that way? Yes. And was there a problem around that or was Not it really. harmonious?
0: Uh, it, there there was just the natural political balances or imbalances and, you know, that comes with that kind of uh, dichotomy. But by 1980, the entire country wanted to take back control and got yeah. their independence in 1980. So after 1980, everything was kind of like honey compared to prior when they were under the uh, guidance or law of the other two European countries.
2: And so it's, it's a country now that's, I guess, kind of like Canada where you have English and French and, but they're all one people. That's right. Oh, Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: It looks like a very beautiful uh, area. And is this part of, now they're, they're in the South Pacific, right? Right. And they're, uh, Close to Caledonia. Is You're that right, correct? Caledonia, Caledonia mm-hmm. and west of Fiji, because I used that's to go right. to Fiji quite a bit. It looks beautiful. Is It's very romantic.
0: Well,
2: yeah. I don't cool. know any island out there that's not beautiful.
1: And romantic? <laughs> yes. Because I think that's where he met his beautiful wife. Uh, right. mm-hmm. We'll we dream, talk about that later on. vacation uh-huh, spot. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Okay, so you came back to Texas, and it shows here that you relocated to Mount Pleasant. How did you end up in a a little old town of Mount Pleasant.
0: Well, we did go to Ann Arbor for the, uh, for the uh, master's degrees in public health and, and education. Um, uh, Carrie, my wife, worked with the University of Michigan school dental school. And I worked with the Detroit public school system for about uh, seven or eight years. Oh my God. On the short West side. Mm. Uh, so this was a Charles R. Drew middle school. And uh, after About seven or eight years, my wife wanted to return closer to home, and there was a community college in Mount Pleasant that was starting a dental hygiene program. Okay. So she was tapped as the director, and uh, she served four years to get it rolling and graduated her first uh, class of dental hygienists in Mount Pleasant. And I worked at a local K-8 school while I was there.
2: And you were able to follow her. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Great. Having a job in education can... Opened the door to a lot of travel, I guess. Yeah, especially yeah. math. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So in two thousand and six, you accepted the, the um, assistant principal job at Newman Smith High School. That's where my son graduated from. So I am so glad that you're here because I think that Newman Smith was is an amazing school. At least while my my son was there. <laughs> so so tell us a little bit about your uh, tr- your uh, journey through all this to where you are today. So you went to uh, Newman Smith and you uh, changed the you changed the face of Newman Smith. So
0: I was there for eight years, one for five. And then it came back uh, three at a different, uh, administrative, uh, position. Uh, my daughter graduated from there. The most amazing and inspiring part of that job is the dedicated staff that, uh, we had and, and the administrative team were just, I would wish that on anybody that the team that we had would be the team that anybody else could have. And, uh, Slowly but surely, I moved around through the different schools, Creekview and Ranchview, uh, and then landed at Early College High School. And for about four to five months, I've always been in a big high school. I was in a gray space trying to figure out with this little school how to work it, how to collaborate, how to be open-minded. And uh, I'll never forget the day that I kind of found myself. And it was... Uh, Uh, the the junior class decided they were going to cook breakfast for all the students and they set up a little griddle and uh, they made eggs and bacon and pancakes and everybody just celebrated that morning, um, that morning meal. And uh, it, it just set the tone for me as to the kind of service I want to offer to not only the faculty and the staff and the students, but to our families, and the uh, the population there, the school, the kids, the, the 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 professionals, they are transformative. They take they take dreams, uh, they get dreams to come from reality. You know, they yeah. bring dreams into reality. And our mission is to graduate globally minded citizens who can confidently and competently um, attend a four year university. Because I've already had two years of it by the end of it and to positively uh, lead and democratically serve our community. And you'll see some of our graduates now working for the Farmers Branch Chamber, working on uh, political campaigns, volunteering across the district, providing uh, jobs in the business and the health sector. So it's just a, uh, it's a robust and uh, uh, exciting place every single day one, this, day,
2: one day at a time. So this high school, this early college high school, Has a different purpose, a different feeling, of course, than totally different. Yes. And you feel, do you feel like your experience in the South Pacific and small towns kind of prepared you for something like this?
0: I think every aspect of the work I've done, uh, because I've seen, I, like I said, the elementary, middle, high international, suburban, rural inner city, it's all kind of come to play. That sounds perfect. It's a great position for me, and it's a great position for anybody's child. Awesome! Mr. I didn't even know it was an option.
1: I know, Mr. Eisley. Just this is what I want to ask you. So, this is this is not part of Brookhaven College, right?
0: We are we are hosts. We're you're, hosted by them, you're and hosted. we have an interlocal agreement that says that the classes that our students can take from their professors count not only for the diploma given by the college. But also by the diploma conferred or, or granted by Doctor Chapman, our superintendent.
1: So you're under the Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why because this is very new for me. I we didn't have this before when Michael no. was going to school right. there. I'm trying to understand. So are you under the board of the of the school board of the Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District? Yes.
0: Okay. But I also have to attend to the Dallas College um, structures. Okay. And um, and also have to. Pay attention to the guidelines that are established to even have an early college high school.
2: So they get their high school diploma through Carrollton. Correct. And where does their degree come from?
0: Their Their, their college associates. degree comes from Dallas College. Okay. The uh, uh, kind of kooky thing is that many kids graduate with their high school or their college degree, their two-year degree, one week before they finish high school. Yeah.
2: I feel like this would be questions I would ask if I was just interested in bringing my kid to mm-hmm. your high school, you know, and that'd be the good things to know. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. It yeah.
0: launches a student and potentially a family who may have some, uh, uh, resource limitations. For example, three years ago, our valedictorian Paola, uh, Vega, uh, she was our valedictorian, modest, uh, from farmer's branch. Mm-hmm. She ended up, uh, uh, getting a full-ride scholarship to Stanford uh, in, in environmental engineering and is just doing remarkable things there. And we know that her expectation for her near future, whether it be a spouse or a family, is going to be wrapped in education and the desire to go to college. And so we know that within one four-year time period, we have possibly have flipped the switch on students who are, um, moved away from uh, limited resources uh, into a very productive and uh, uh, you know rewarding life in terms of finances.
1: Wow! Well, so the, what's what's the uh, grade that they, you start this school? ninth grade, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and right. twelfth? So the, during those four years, they're actually doing two years of college at the same right. time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow! So how do uh, how do you uh, how do you introduce your school to the to the general public?
0: Well, partly, and you asked about my experiences, because I've been to all the high schools um, and have had different, uh, ver- uh, you know, various experiences at different levels. Um, I think that's another big part of, uh, of my wheelhouse is seeing yeah. all the variety and to uh, um, we go out to each middle school and we do a recruiting, um, you know, event. And we take students that used to be at those middle schools and take them with them. So we got questions and answers to the kids. Uh, we also advertise uh, uh, with our public um, through our social media, Facebook site and Twitter and Instagram. And we do have a fair population. We've got 10% this year that came from outside the district. Awesome. And mm-hmm. it, it, word travels. When you start to pull in folks from other high schools that are not in our district or middle schools, it, we seem to start getting a, a steady flow.
2: So. Well, who are you looking for? If you were, if someone was listening right now, what would be ideal for them to know to say, I think this would be for my child?
0: Well, there are some uh, strong points, and that is that heavy focus on an academic pathway uh, with a, a strong desire to serve our community. Um, the the small size of it gives that kind of attachment that every adult meets every kid at the level they're on. Uh, with all that intertwined understanding or relationship-building It really drives uh, trust and ultimately uh, academic success. So uh, our application is open to anyone. It usually opens up in uh, around late November. So uh, I would encourage anybody to go to our website at cfbisd.edu and look under schools and high schools. You'll see the early college high school story, especially take a look at the uh, profiles associated with the two national Blue Ribbon School Awards that we've earned in the last uh, seven years.
1: You're listening to Alexander Francis sixty The Answer. Um, Billy Tatum, our co-host, had to be depart a little bit early this evening. So Mr. Isley and I are going to finish the evening tonight talking about education and what to expect of our children of today. And if you want to get, learn more about the, the program that he has, you need to get in touch with him. So Mr. Isley, let's continue the conversation. Talk to me a little bit about all the prestigious awards you have received in, in the last couple of years of your school. And the reason why is it because of not of you, because of your students, right?
0: There's a, uh, it's a unique ecosystem. And way before I got there, I uh, started in 2017, there had been three other principals uh, that had developed the culture uh, surrounding hard work, um, high expectations, a mantra of self-service to, uh, to, to others. And the commitment to build relationships with each kid that is there. Uh, it started with one grade and two grades, and finally, it's now with four grades, at 342 students. So, before me, uh, the staff, faculty, and community earned the 2014 National Blue Ribbon School Award for exemplary high achievement. You can only earn that award um, every five years, um, and it takes a uh, Uh, a concerted effort to write an essay once you've been nominated uh, by the Texas Education Agency um, to uh, capture that in writing so it can be modeled or shared with at the national level. So just this past November, we had received word uh, that this award was being offered to us and we collectively wrote again for it. And uh, it was, you know we were we were confined. we couldn't really travel to d c to receive the award, but it was online uh It was virtual, and we tried to do our best to to capture all the excitement that comes with those students that are resilient that oh. are committed to honoring themselves and their families um, the families that uh work just as hard as the kids do and trust us with what we're doing with their kids. It's a testament to the dedicated uh, and innovative faculty and staff that will do, uh, without my direction, uh, what they need to to make students happy and healthy. And, and then um, finally, the support of the school district uh, with regards to resources has allowed us to, uh, especially Title I resources, to do field trips, to do tutorials, to do book purchases, to have extended tutorials in Saturday school, believe me, it comes with a lot of work. And it requires everybody to be symbiotic or focused on each and every child uh, uh, being able to reach that college, uh, that college pathway, uh, you know, to bring that reality uh, from that dream.
1: Mr. Osley, would you say that you have a very strong PTA?
0: <laughs> yeah. the uh, Just this past year, the during COVID, uh, our PTA has earned the most awards. We, I think we've had 17 membership awards this past year and last year, the mm-hmm. highest in this area uh, as far as our, our membership numbers. And it has turned around into a massive effort to support our families. We received a TikTok grant five thousand dollars we raised an additional two thousand dollars and we fed our families that were undergoing some food insecurity by going to different local uh, merchants like uh, walmart here uh, they honored us by allowing our people to use these cards with this money and they it just was a real celebration we got we got school supplies we then did a massive campaign around uh vaccinations through our PTA. They're the ones that are con- talking to the community. Uh, we received the national uh, PTA from the national PTA, the School of Excellence Award two weeks ago.
1: Oh, I, I'm, I'm reading all about your, the school and and all the PTA. That's why I'm just reading because, you know, in the, in the other schools, I, I was with Newman Smith for a long time. My son graduated from Newman Smith. It was hard to get parents to even show up for the meetings. And I'm looking here and I'm going like, this is something that we need to talk about. Parents are essential in the children's education. I don't care what anybody says. If you have, even if it's one parent or the other or two, it is very important to invite those parents in. Would you not say that?
0: Yeah, actually, we're required. We're a Title I school where we have over 75% of the population that qualifies for free and reduced lunch. And you have to have a compact or a contract with the parents that say you'll do whatever's necessary to bring them in for meetings regarding their child we have a book club where parents can come in and read the same books as their students are reading and we can talk about it we have uh, community events we have celebrations and and, and special uh, feasts where students parents help serve uh, help uh, prepare kids for testing by giving them uh, a healthy breakfast it's more than just a meeting it is a on the spot commitment for, for parents to be up there with their kids and uh, in one way or the other, they have to be present, and Title I says you've got to do that. So with the guidance of Kimberly Gwynn in the past, and now Claudia Arizaleta, who's my Title I fund, Funding Coordinator, um, we've, we're stronger. That Title I federal money is very important.
1: So what what you're saying to me right now, that these are children that are not necessarily in the wealth side of the, of the of this region, their children or their parents want the best education for their child. And they're willing to do whatever necessary to make sure these children get their education. So what I'm going to say, ask you a question, and I think this is kind of, uh, because I grew up in a very strong home with, military home with my parents. Would you not say that today's children, if they want to be whatever they want to be, the education is the most essential that they need?
0: Yeah, much like uh, previous founding fathers where education is, is the is the key component uh, to a strong citizenry, uh, uh, to a healthier community. Yes, it, it builds family strength. And um, the idea of an adult relating to a kid helps mitigate, and research shows this, helps mitigate any adverse childhood experiences that a kid might have. Uh, the more adults that are trusting with them in schools, the more powerful those kids can become. So...
1: My question again to you is, so when you tell me, when I hear that children, they, they need to provide more money in schools because they need to give more education to the child and you see all this money coming in and still you have all these schools that are not producing students with their reading, with their education, what do you think is missing in those
0: schools? I know what exists in our school. Our is a commitment that, uh that everybody is on the same path to creating a transformational educational experience through innovation, dedication, and building individual relationships. We're small. And you're getting me on a roll here because you cannot have high achievement, exemplary high achievement, without having relationships between the adults and the kids. And because we're 342 and we have a close knit kind of community, we make it a, 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 we're obligated. We make a daily commitment to love these kids and uh, to to hold them accountable for their work. To involve their parents. Um, I like the small size. It we're fast. We move to changes. We can adapt. We can. It's simpler now for us to move in and through the community uh, because we have connections. We're on the Brookhaven Dallas College campus. That is just a powerful resource for us
1: it is my, my whole thing is that i keep hearing uh the the fact and through many travels that i do and through many of our radio uh, sponsors and shows how children how you have all these children that are not graduating from school that they're graduating with very low knowledge of reading writing math and i look at it and i'm and i'm saying okay we're spending all this money on taxes for this education but they're not getting it and I'm listening to you. And here is this: these are children that are not in the wealthy areas. That are they're, they're struggling to come to school. The parents are willing to put everything into it. Is that what we're missing in the schools? The parents joining the children and making it worthwhile. Is that what we're missing? We're missing something.
0: Well, for and, us, it's a key component to our strength: having that parent commitment and uh, um, making sure that the kids know that we value them. And that is part of our core value that the students know internally that we will do everything in our power to help them be successful. And part of that is that bonding relationship with parents. There are many incredible teachers there that will do very much the same things that we do to pay that, uh, to pay the airfare for the valedictorian to go to Stanford. Wow! To feed them, to collect food for uh, other families, to um, provide transportation when needed. To um, it just there's a there's a sense of commitment that teachers and school administrators have for for kids, and uh, that's why I've been in it for thirty five years.
1: And the parents, I think. Well, we're coming to an end of our show today, so I want to talk a little bit about how do people. How can a parent that wants to know more about the school, how can they can they come and visit and do a tour of the school and sit down and talk with you or, or with your uh, staff? Tell us a little bit about how they, they can come and get together with you and learn more about the school.
0: If the family has students that are going to CFBISD, then we go out to the middle schools. We invite them for campus tours in November. Uh, we bring them in uh, to to view the, the schools with their kids, that's natural um, because that's just part of our connection to the community. It's the out-of-district families that are going to have to get onto our website and pay attention to when our recruiting dates are. Um, but again, word of mouth is incredible. This show will be a great uh, boon for us. Um, I, again, I would go to the website, uh, Google cool. Early College High School, and then contact me. And I will help them see the best fit for their child.
1: We're going to have all your information on com. that uh, we will add that to it. Your number, your, informa- your, your uh, information for the school, and they can get in touch with you. Tell us a little bit about just your wife, a little bit of the, her community involvement. And then we, uh, we can end the evening with knowing a little bit about your
0: family. Well, part of the power of my wife is she's got a public health master's master's degree in public health. And so she's done a variety of different community-based, uh, activities, uh, with, um, uh, with, with health from dental hygiene to mosquito net when we were in the Peace Corps, helping kids get mosquito net, uh, covered, uh, to, uh, currently she works with canine companions incorporated, which is just right up the street, uh, Kincaid center right up here houses these wonderful dogs, uh, um, so she's been a puppy raiser. She uh, is helping with the October 2nd do- uh, Dog Fest at, uh, in Capel. They're having a nice uh, event there. Um, my, uh, my wife works at the Dallas County Juvenile Justice Center. And oh, wow. She teaches there um, science to a variety of students at grade levels. And my, uh, my now 21-year-old child is finishing her senior year at UT Arlington, and she's a writer for the Shorthorn newspaper.
1: Wow. It's been such an exciting evening, Mr. Timothy Isley. So it's just an honor to have you here. I hope you decide to come back again and we'll talk a little bit more about education. I am a strong supporter of education. I I grew up in a very strong um, Orthodox family and education was very important. My grandparents always told me knowledge is power. And if you cannot have the knowledge to be able to lead in this world, you're not going to be able to do anything. So, Thank you again for this evening. We will have you uh, again as our guest. And you're listening to Alexandra Friends 660, The Answer. Our show this evening was brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. Thank you to my producer, Michael Clark. And have a good evening and see you again next week. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, Alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.